You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we talk to Karen Bentley all about her running journey and just how she started running about 20 years ago. Now, it happened when she ended up with a bit of a back injury from work and caring for her profoundly disabled son. And she started running and guess what? She hasn't stopped. And it wasn't just the health benefits, the physical health benefits that have helped Karen. She also talks about the positive mental health side of it and how that's really helped improve her life. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I'm excited to introduce everyone to Karen Bentley. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Hi, how are you doing? Nice to oh, meet you, Michelle. Really good. And I've said this a number of times because quite often on the podcast, I've got to meet people for the first time by talking yes. to them on the podcast. It's so much fun. I, did, I tell everyone to go out and start a podcast. It's a great way to make friends. <laughs> you know, I haven't thought of it, but it's a brilliant idea. Just like, yeah. And then people, because you already know that you have something in common, like we have this yeah. running thing in common. So yes. it's a great place to start, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> It is, yeah, and we all listen to them. I mean, I'm addicted to podcasts. Being a, someone who doesn't sleep a great deal at night, um, oh. I, I do listen to them quite frequently. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So you, yeah. you're not, not exactly a newbie to you know no, what a podcast no. is. <laughs> no, I love them. They're great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's start with where did Karen grow up? Where are you from? So I was actually born in the UK. Well, there you go. Yeah, and um, came out to Australia with my parents when I was not quite seven dad was coming here for work for a year mm -hmm. and uh gosh 60 years later we're all still here um I'm gonna say yeah, <laughs> obviously so, um he didn't leave you here at eight so no he I mean he, yeah he, he <laughs> but my parents both liked it so we all stayed so I had a fairly um I guess for the 1960s fairly traditional upbringing for a girl in yeah. those days, which was not always easy. Um, my parents were quite robust disciplinarians, mm. the kind way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Whereabouts and in Australia? So, yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't... Whereabouts in Australia did you move to from the UK? Adelaide. Oh, Adelaide. Adelaide, sorry. Yes, yeah, so I've always been here yep. in Adelaide, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, fairly traditional schooling. I didn't play a lot of sport. It okay. just... It, it just wasn't encouraged with young girls in those yeah. days. Um, yeah. And certainly the, the sports that they presented with us were not very enticing. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was softball or, uh, um, I don't know, just really tennis, odd. maybe? I did have a play with tennis. I was terrible at it. The ball was long <laughs> gone before I saw it. But I was a passionate hockey player. Oh, wow. And I really did like that. And um, I went to a convent and the nuns were quite um, vigorous in their encouragement from the sidelines. Uh, and wow. we, you know, we were encouraged to go for the shins. Um, so <laughs> we're just funny. So that was my passion as, as a youngster. Oh. Um, and then post-school, 
I just followed the traditional route as many young girls that those days. Um, sport was not an option and I'd never actually found anything I was good at other than hockey. Yeah. But then I started my nurses training yeah. and really in those days training to be a nurse, it was full time at the hospital, yeah. shift work. There was no flexibility in the, or, or recognition that sport would be an important part of, a, of a, a young person's life so opportunities were just literally not there I played a little bit of indoor hockey yeah. but as my studies increased and the workload increased it like most young nurses in those days it was mm. just not possible so the um the the health took a bit of a a decline and like most probably young university students or student nurses lived on rubbish yeah. got a bit porky mm -hmm. um and uh it wasn't till I finished my training which was took about five years with yeah. the trip the triple certificates that I did that I started to think that I should get fit so what made you think that like what what was it that can you remember like on reflection why did you think I should get fit? I think it was just really wanting to appear physically better hmm, okay. so I guess weight loss yep things like that so hmm. I joined a gym I played a bit of hockey but honestly never got into it yep. just didn't at all didn't sort of um, stick. yeah it just hmm. didn't happen and, yeah. and and that was the way it was in those days there was no park run or women's no. running I mean women just didn't do those things yeah. I mean I was 66 now so I'm going back into the very early 70s yeah um and then, oh, I think I'd been working a couple of years. I met my husband, got married when I was 25. Mm -hmm. And we had our son when yep. I was 26 and my husband was 27. Yeah. And uh, we only have the one son and he was born with profound multiple disabilities. Wow. Um, which obviously was life changing. I was going to say it was very much so. Exactly. So at 26, my husband and myself were both really entered the world of disability and, mm. and full-time caring. Yeah. Um, and again, in those days, you took your baby home from the nursery and you were pretty much on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So did, did you find having a nursing degree was helpful? in that or was it, it was, a hindrance like sometimes look, you was, know too much and sometimes it, it was it was a bit of both because I knew enough to be able to manipulate the system mm -hmm. and to or to navigate our way through the system so that we didn't get sort of stuck in the back lots yeah. being left but also um I knew too much yeah. And so I would spend a lot of time worrying and protecting my husband and other family members from things that I was very concerned about mm -hmm. and almost fell into, well, not almost, I did fall into the situation of supporting grandparents, supporting a husband because I was wow. the one with the nurse's knowledge. How exhausting. It was, it was very, it was hard. And Luke was in hospital for most of the first 18 months of his life. Yeah. And so girls who I had worked with, or had been um, students of mine because I was also doing nursing, teaching, education, educating at the same time. And so they were caring for my son. And, and it was a very, it was very difficult because they then had to move away from me being the nurse to mm. being the mother. Yeah, and it was quite tricky in hospital because I would tend to fall into that trap of doing everything for Luke. Mm. 
but it was also a battle because I wanted to be his mum and not his nurse. Yeah. yeah. And so that and that was very challenging, especially when he came home from hospital, because he would come home requiring multiple medical procedures. And yeah. I would have to do those. And it was just such a battle being mum. Yes. But at the course. same time being nurse. Having this other role. Yeah, yeah. yes. So that a was bit isolating too, was it? Did it did bit, sorry, isolating. Isolating in that because you had this kind completely. of completely so my husband and I just Hmm. we just yeah we drifted apart from everyone Hmm. out of necessity and um yeah everybody else was getting on there with their lives with their normal kids and we and you're still only in your 20s as well it's not like we're talking wow yeah so and not that we ever felt sorry for ourselves I mean when it happened and we got his diagnosis um we sort of allowed ourselves one one box of tissues and thought, right, that's it. We've got to yep. get on with it. And we were both very cool, as much as possible, mm. assisting Luke to live in our world and us yeah. not to live in his. And I think that's probably how I kept my head above water for so long. Mm. But having said that, we did it in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, you just can't have friends. Yeah. like that um we we tried going down the route of having friends whose children were disabled mm-hmm. that got a bit depressing oh. yeah, you, know? <laughs> so, you know you just don't want to you don't we just didn't want our whole life to be disability yeah, I mean it was good if you went to coffee mornings and things like that because there'd be always one child that'd be rude enough to have a seizure or have a big vomit or something and it was just oh he's off again <laughs> but no that was pretty much our life for wow probably about 20 years so I mean, so did you give up your nursing like no your, I so you were doing nursing at the same time yeah I went back to work when Luke was six weeks old just for oh, wow. I think it yeah. was one night a week mm-hmm. um, because again I was I wanted to get back into the real world mm. I mean we'd just been through yeah. six weeks of surgeries diagnosis things mm-hmm. like that bit of a roller coaster um, Probably it makes was. you very relatable, like or being able to relate to some of your patients. Oh, so, who I exactly. Nurse, yeah. I mean, that. I remember my first night back at work and Luke was only six weeks old and I was rostered to, to Labor Ward mm. and uh, the nurses that I was working with all knew what had happened. Yeah. And there was sort of silence when I walked in and so that was one of the things I found is you have to give people permission to talk about it yeah yeah so after we'd had handover I said okay this is what's happened you know what's happened ask me all the questions you want to if I cry well I do we'll deal with it yeah yeah um and that night was hard I delivered three normal babies which is not I know which is not not what I needed. Did you know that Luke was was going to be disabled before he was born? There was, there was a morning? suggestion at about twenty weeks. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of polyhydramnios, which is excessive baby water. Yeah. Um, there was just a suggestion. Yeah. Um, but it was mentioned, and, and that was that. Mm. It's interesting because I had a very strong feeling right the way through something wasn't right. Okay. Very, very strong. It's quite uncanny. I didn't pack a hospital bag. I didn't do anything. And I just, 
it was weird um, yeah. and I'm not a sort of airy fairy bean yeah. sprout person but it was a very overwhelming feeling that something wasn't right yeah. and um, you know I used to think oh you're just a midwife right worrying about nothing or yeah. you know, like you know too much you know, that sort of yeah, yeah we've all been there yeah. but I, I did know and I can remember really a look of a, a look that the midwife gave me when I was in second stage and uh, I, I said to her I don't want to push because I'm scared of what I'm going to push out oh. and that's a weird thing to say that yeah. <laughs> that was how I felt yeah so I had a very strong inkling and then when he was about oh look I had severe preeclampsia so there was a few things mm. going on there with me and then they came to me the next morning and said Luke had been vomiting overnight and he hadn't yeah. done his first baby poo. So they did x-rays and he was diagnosed ultimately with something called Hirschsprung's disease, mm -hmm. which is where during the pregnancy, the bowel, the um, the nerves don't knit together in the bowel. Okay. So the, the babies are born with a congenital bowel obstruction. Mm -hmm. So when he was 18 hours old, he had surgery and he's had a colostomy ever since he was 18, oh, wow. 18 hours old. That's crazy. I know. So was, they didn't really make colostomy equipment for babies in those days. So we used to have the adult ones. And we had to cut them down because he was about six pounds. Oh. And uh, it made management quite tricky. But the, the ladies at the Colostomy Association used to love him. We'd go in and pick up our supplies. And he was always, yeah, got a lot of fussing. Oh. And then um, things sort of progressed. Well, they didn't progress, actually. <laughs> uh Grad, I had a few friends who had had babies around the same stage and their children were holding their necks, smiling, mm. yeah. doing all these things and Luke wasn't doing anything. Mm. Um, so I think then when he was about six months old, I went to a GP mm -hmm. um, and was quite teary mm. and saying, look, I'm really worried something's wrong here. And uh, God love him. He gave me a script for Valium and sent me home. <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah. said oh you're just a new mother worried about nothing you know oh. so I promptly put that in the rubbish bin in the shopping center and then made an appointment with his pediatrician and yeah. um yeah look he was very good but he brutally told us there and then mm. something was very wrong yeah. and referred us to a developmental pediatrician and we saw her the next week and you know, at the time I was devastated, as was yeah. my husband, because she just looked at us and said, well, he's got cerebral palsy. He's severely intellectually disabled. He's going to be totally dependent all his life. You can put him in a home and go home, forget about him and have a real baby. Really? <laughs> oh Which was absolutely gobsmacking. But, you know, I guess in hindsight, she was giving us permission to bail out if we wanted to. Do they say that now? Is that a sort oh, of God, thing no. that, that they... Oh, God, no. Absolutely I, thinking, I can't even not. imagine that being no, advice. No, but days. this is going back 40 yeah. years ago where they still yeah. had homes for the disabled children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, and we just said no. Um, and then he went into hospital soon after that to have his colostomy closed. Okay. And... Um, that was not successful. He okay. just was in hospital really for the next year, had multiple surgeries and ended mm. up back with his colostomy. Um, wow. And our whole family unit, my husband, myself and Luke, all very traumatised. But um, he came home and uh, 
yeah, I just used to speak to his doctors and say, all right, you know, if we give this drug here and that one there mm. and that might work for this and that might work for that. And I remember the specialist saying one day, Karen, you're amazing. He said, well, let's just try it. And over the years, out of all the, the absolute chaos, yeah. some semblance of normality finally emerged. Yeah. Um, and, mean, and throughout, I kept working. Yes. Uh, I graded up to three or four days of fortnight um yeah. did a master's de bachelor's and master's degree in nursing I suppose it gave you another focus but it doesn't seem like a completely dissimilar focus <laughs> I know caring as well like that sort of a similar oh, I mean and looking thing. back it was sheer madness yeah but I, I guess I was it was my way of coping yeah and I was trying to have a purpose in life other than being a mother of a disabled yeah. child yeah and I don't mean that to be not a good thing, no. but for me, I needed something else. Yeah. Yeah. So that sort of plotted on. And, you know, I had, well, both my husband and I had very dark times. Luckily, we never cool. lost the plot together at the same time. Yeah. So <laughs> one was in the depths of despair. The other one was sort of going strong. And I'd always sort of had it that my husband could do all the medical procedures that I could do. Yeah. The only thing he That's wouldn't do funny. was put the nasogastric tubes down. He drew the line at that. <laughs> but, but, I, I, but everything else he would do is Luke's gavage feeds and all of that. Oh, wow. And then I think, oh, gosh, I don't know. Things started getting hard. Yeah. Luke's behaviour really deteriorated, mm -hmm. um, which goes with his form of disability. And yeah. I guess it's gradually came to a point where I thought, I'm not surviving anymore. I'm sinking. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I could really feel that, yeah, there was times I just wanted to, you'd drive home and you'd sit in the car outside home and you think, I just don't want to go in. Is this life? <laughs> <laughs> just, just skinned. Yeah. Um, but despite that, during that time, we had had a couple of offers of Luke going into supported accommodation yeah. because disabilities and services had changed very much mm. by then um, and there were community cottages available where yeah. four young people would go in and we kept saying no 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 we're not ready we're not ready how old <laughs> and, is he then oh he would be 20 20 ish yeah. good yeah. over and then um oh look I think by the time he was about 25 I was about I think I was 49 when I started. Mm. I went to the, uh, a physio. Um, I'd done a particularly difficult delivery at work, had a shocking back. We were lifting Luke because that was before NDIS times as well. So we were doing all the lifting at home ourselves. And then I was at work holding ladies and helping them deliver with epidurals. <laughs> so wow. my back finally took a bit of a crunch. And the physio was brutal. He just said to me, Karen, if you don't do something for yourself. Yeah and do some sort of exercise, you're going to end up in a wheelchair next to your son. Yeah. And that was a bit of an awake call. So did, they, did he suggest anything? Did the physio suggest He said you might like to do a little bit of exercise, do some walking and things like that. And I, I, we just hadn't had time. We had mm, no time. I can imagine. Yeah, just just yeah. nothing. There wasn't. Yeah. Luke didn't sleep for years overnight, so we were doing night duty, mm. day duty, full on. Um, so I went to a gym. And I quite liked it. I met some real people and, you know, and did a few classes. And I really enjoyed it and got into it for about six months. Yeah. And then I've always been 
a sort of person that's needed continual stimulation. Mm-hmm. Probably a bit hyperactive, to be truthfully known. <laughs> Which is probably a blessing for your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it hasn't been yeah. for you always. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, my husband had to go down to our local showgrounds. There was a show on and he was going down something to do with his work. He walked, worked for the um, old WS here in Adelaide. And they had a, a, a few other shows going on at the same time. And one of them was the uh, health and fitness. So I said to my husband, all right, well, while you're walking around looking at your water environmental stuff, I'll go and check out the fitness thing, thinking I might just see yeah. something that interested me. Because um, I was only doing pump classes and spin yeah. classes and things like that. Anyway, I, there was a, a booth there and it was a um, an outdoor training mm-hmm. booth and they thrust a pamphlet under my nose, uh, which was uh, five free sessions. And I went home and it stayed there on the kitchen table for about five months. Of course. <laughs> and then one day I decided to go and I, I, I turned up on a Saturday morning and I said, right, I'm not a runner. I've never run. I don't want to run. And if you make me run, I won't come back. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, oh, my God. <laughs> so for about three months, I just went to their um they had these groups called toning classes where you yeah. went and you did toning and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then one night there was this man there who was held in very high esteem in the group. Um, they paired me up with him to do some work together. And he, I just thought he was a demigod oh. because he had once run 10 kilometres. Oh, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I could not imagine anything so just extraordinary. And so they had us doing um, intervals. We, we had to do some weights and then we had to run 100 metres around the Oval as a relay. And I remember the training trainer coming up to me after and because John shamed me into running. And she <laughs> said, Karen, you can actually do that. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, they were sneaky. They got me. Oh. So... About four weeks later, they signed myself and about eight others of us up to a four-kilometre run in Adelaide, which was called the Beach Bash, and it was between two jetties, two k's out, two k's back. Yeah. I remember we all got there. It was a Friday night. The bonus was we had to, we were able to have fish and chips in the square oh. after, which, to be honest, was the biggest. <laughs> that was the draw. <laughs> that was the draw. <laughs> and so... We were all so nervous, myself included, and I'm, there must have been at least eight nervous wees before we started. <laughs> and um, I ran the two kilometres, and then coming back, the tide had come in, so it so came back. <laughs> almost, almost <laughs> came back. But something got me that night. Yeah. I honestly don't know what it was, but I just loved it. And That's so... Do you I think know. it was with all the people like that. You sometimes yes, probably. people say I, I start running to lose weight, but I stayed yeah. because of the people, like the people and I meet. And that huge sense of achievement that I'd actually done something because I just, I mean, you know, really, I mean, I th- probably deep down thought I was ready for the Olympics. Oh, <laughs> you don't know, we all? I mean, you know, four kilometres. <laughs> <laughs> but then I found a 5K run because, again, this was pre-park run days. Yeah. And I did that and... Um, my trainer was really encouraging and, and I managed to do it. I didn't run the whole way, but yeah. then I found a seven or an 8K run, which is a charity run for the Women's Health Refuge here in Adelaide. And then the trainer decided that we could do 
be the city to bay here in Adelaide, which is 12 kilometres, which is wow, absolutely that's a long way. terrifying. <laughs> that is a long way. It would have been really so, scary. <laughs> so what I did is I found a 15 kilometre runner here in Adelaide, signed up for that and said, well, if I can crawl through 15, I can do 12. Which Okay. <laughs> right. like you can see where this is going. <laughs> Yeah, so the pattern was set for complete insanity. Wow. Anyway, my tr trainer was so worried. She said, oh, I'll come do the 15 with you, Karen. So it was seven out, seven back, and we did it together. And uh, there, was a, oh. there was a bit of walking. And uh, wow. awesome. the city to bay went well because, um, and I did it. I think, look, I wasn't fast. I was about an hour, hour 10 or something for 12 kilometres, which is, yeah, I was a lot younger then, not brilliant, but I got it done. I don't know. That's and pretty so, good, I reckon, for the, yeah. what you just described. <laughs> the progression. I, I sprained my ankle three quarters of the way down. I rolled on a paper cup. And, yeah, um, yeah. and you know, a nurse, you do what I say, not what I do. And I finished the run and then spent, I think, about four weeks on crutches with a very angry ankle. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, it was okay. And so then I decided, well, really, I wonder if I could do a half marathon. It can't be much harder. It's only 10 kilometres more. Well, I found that out. <laughs> I just, I went out far too fast. No idea what I was doing. My trainer and a few of my teammates came out to meet me and I promptly blubbered the final four kilometres. Oh, but you um, did it. But I did it in, I think it's about two hours, 14 and how did you feel when you crossed the line? Do you think like because a half marathon does feel like a big jump, you know, in your head? It was ridiculous. It was, was utterly like, ridiculous. But I um, I yeah, I just did it. Um, and I remember, in fact, Luke ended up in hospital the next day. That was half of the blubbering because he was really sick and I was trying to keep him home so I could do this damn half marathon. And then we we promptly fronted up at hospital the next morning. <laughs> So, oh wow yeah but that that was that was our life yeah so so I did a I did the the uh the half marathon and then a girlfriend of mine who's probably tarred with the same brush we decided to have a crack at 30 um <laughs> which we did we asked did. if we we asked if we could start half an hour early so the race officials didn't have to go into overtime <laughs> And they were very kind because they knew we weren't going to podium finish. So we, we started half an hour before everybody else. And, and we weren't quite last, but we made it. That's and then we decided, though. well, we've got to do marathon. Um, so, and that was just hilarious. I mean, neither of us had any idea what we were doing. Just, just complete insanity um I think Tracy took five hours 20 and I took about five hours 40 um it was absolutely bucketing with rain the whole way no. I can remember I think I had about five or six kilometers to go and I was running along this bike path leading into the stadium my shoelace was undone and I couldn't <laughs> bend to do it up put on a bench no do it up and I couldn't make top end and body end of bottom of body meet. So I asked these two men who were out walking, um, could they do my shoelace up? <laughs> they laughed and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm running a marathon. Can't you see? <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Oh. Um, but, and they just said, you're crazy. You should be home in bed. <laughs> 
So how long ago was that first the first marathon? Yeah, but I look. Um, I was. I think I'm third to last. How long ago was it? How long ago? I so I think from starting at 49, so I would have been about 52, 53. Okay, so about 11. No, sorry. Well, 66 now. Yeah, so 13. Yeah. Yeah, so I made the move up fairly quickly. And what I found was that I was never going to be fast. Yeah. But there was that lure of distance, mm. which looking back had been there along because I thought, well, you know, if I can do seven, I can do 12. And if I can do 12, well, 24, 22 is not too bad. <laughs> and so around that time, I sort of threw a, a friend that I had met through running he was starting up trail running in South Australia and so I started going out on a couple of trail runs um and I I, yeah it was a different sort of running Mm. it was enjoyable um I'd also started with a road running group Although the first few sessions, I used to sit in the car and wait till they'd all gone, and then I'd start. Okay, <laughs> I'll catch you up on. I'll catch you up. Yeah, like, like they didn't know I was there. You know, I just watched them. I'd watch them all start. I'd find out where they were going, and then oh, I'd do it by myself because, yeah, I just didn't consider myself a runner, oh. um, and I was just too scared to. That's wow. Uh, so anyway, I met this other girl, and we've got this run in Adelaide, a ultra marathon called the Yarrabilla. Mm-hmm which is 56 from Belair Railway Station back down to Athelstan. It's mostly cross-country, a little bit of road. Mm-hmm. And we decided we were going to do that. Um, so <laughs> stupid, absolutely stupid. But we did train for it. We trained a lot. We got out in the Adelaide Hills and really worked hard. Um, and we finished, both of us, I think it took about 10 hours Um I did it in a twenty pair, a twenty dollar pair of shoes from Target. No, yeah. and could no. you walk for the week after that? <laughs> no, about running. Got lost, climbed a great big fence, did all sorts oh, of, really? but made it to the finishing line. Had an adventure. I had a couple of friends that came out and met me the last 10, 15 k's, and um, it was the most empowering thing I've ever done. Oh, I just. Yeah, it just, I don't even know how to put it into words. Mm. The fact that someone like me could do something like that. Um, what could yeah, you do? <laughs> it, it was, it was a, yeah, it was, a, I don't even know how, to, I just, yeah, I just went from being defeated, mm. uh, just lost yeah. to really have found another purpose mm. and a reason for being. Yeah, that wasn't yeah, the and nurse just, and Luke's mum and yeah, your husband's wife and, you know, you yeah, had another thing that, and, that meant something yeah, and beyond I had, your career. And, that's and right. And I had friends, I made friends that I could talk to about something other than seizures and gavage feeds and episiotomies and things like oh. that. It was, it was, it was yeah. good. Yeah, so, yeah, that was kind of the beginning. And there's no looking back after that. No, and then I set myself a target of 100. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Do. And I'm going, I listen to all of you guys come in because oh. I've done like at 60. And I'm like, I don't know. This is oh. crazy. And I've been running for, you know, 25 <laughs> and I still haven't done anything like 100. Well, do you know You're, what? I think 100 is easier than a marathon. Oh. 
much is it because yeah, the ultra marathoners i always say you know at the start of a race the marathoners are there with their garments ready set go the ultra marathon runners are there well we'll start when we're ready and where's the first pizza stop that's, like, <laughs> so, yeah. that's probably how you know when you move up we often talk that gradual thing that people do of five or ten or twenty yes but, yeah. you know, the 5K, when you get to the marathon thing, you look back down at the, not down, but you look at the people yeah. doing the fives and the tens and you think, that's kind of like a sprint. That's <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Whereas where you guys up in the ultra, ultra marathon yeah. thing, you look back down yeah. at the marathoners and think, but, you know, they're doing sprints. So it's quite, it's quite funny. Oh, like exactly. I can remember seeing, at the different stages. Oh, it is. I can remember seeing on Facebook once and it was a, a taking a poke at 10 kilometre runners and there was an ultra marathon <laughs> runner there with all this equipment on and saying, 10 kilometers that's a checkpoint for us it's <laughs> really awful but yeah so I got into that now I, 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 I trained for my first hundred and I failed my first two attempts wow was yeah. not successful the first one I think I got to about 30 kilometers it was 40 odd degrees mm. and I've never been heat tolerant but I also think I wasn't mentally ready or strong yeah. enough yeah just stepping into unknown territory mm. so that was pretty devastating I considered myself a complete failure a waste of space so how did you pick uh, yourself up took a while took my husband yelling at me after about a week saying for god's sake you know stop crying and get on with it <laughs> <laughs> he lost patience with me do you remember one time and you didn't run like there was yeah. time and, and you, I were, know. you weren't always miserable so <laughs> hard on myself and so the next one, I went over to Sydney with three friends and we attempted the trailblazer in Sydney. Mm. And that one, I got to 60 kilometres and pulled out with hypothermia. Oh, we've got <laughs> just swings, you know, you've got a bit of yeah, balance going that's on. That's right, that's right. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, I was just ludicrous. I think I was perimenopausal. It yeah. was like three degrees outside because yeah. it was overnight. And because I was having hot flushes, I was running yeah. in spaghetti straps. So... <laughs> Because I didn't know I was cold. <laughs> so I got into quite oh a state gosh. with that. And then the third attempt, I finally cracked it. Um, and that was, except that was 105 Ks and we made it 109 by getting lost. Uh, <laughs> You've said that more than once now, the getting lost. Uh, I'm terrible. I have no sense of direction. <laughs> None at all. Yeah. Um, I lost a turnaround boy in a swim two weeks ago. So I think that's pretty special. Oh. <laughs> completely missed it the lifeguard had to come out and chase me whoops <laughs> yeah so um the running journey just continued and meanwhile we were still caring for Luke how are you fitting all that in like that's what's been I don't know like because you know we started this conversation with yeah. I wasn't doing any exercise for the first yeah. say 20 years of Luke's life or something obviously yeah. that's not super accurate but yeah because you didn't have any time there was no time for you basically so Daryl was very good my husband Mm. um that's good he was really he didn't understand what I was doing to start with and was mm. probably a bit you know what's going on here mm. um but he, he, Luke used to go to respite once a, okay. a month for yeah. a weekend mm -hmm. and so that would have been my big weekend and we were very lucky in that if I had a run coming up we could book him into respite okay. and he would go yeah. there for the weekend which was good um and we also had a, a care a care worker who would often take Luke out for us for the day on a Sunday. So we had one day off a week and that would often be the day when I would get out and do my big runs. Yeah. And because I was working part-time, what I would do is I'd 
my husband and I would get Luke ready in the morning, get all his bits mm -hmm. and pieces. The little white bus would come and pick him up or we'd take him to the spastic centre. And yeah. then I had a, a gap or a window of opportunity of about five hours Yeah. when I would get out there and do my running. Yeah. And Jan really just did it like that. Yeah. Um, often it was 4.30 in the morning, alarms, getting mm -hmm. up. Um, and I would go off and join a running group. We'd start at six. I'd run 10Ks and I'd be home in time for Luke just be waking up so we could start the medication and the colostomy and the yep. feeding and everything before process, he went to the spastic yeah. centre. So, so it was all fairly ritualised. Oh, so you wouldn't want to miss like one little bit. <laughs> no, no. Um, of cards. Yeah, so that was how I did it. And uh, wow. That's yeah, then... Luke finally moved into full-time care when he was about 30. We just couldn't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It just We were both broken mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's oh, yeah. a hard decision to put your child into care. But my, just, my mother had her mother yeah. um, at home for, for a few years and yeah. before they, um, she was put into a home. Yeah, this yeah. is years ago. Yeah. Um, and like even having to have the things to help lift her up and things when she got to that sort of stage. Yeah. And so it's such a hard. You just, like, we just. Until you get there, you don't know. Yeah. And, and in any stage of our lives, we could be the person having to be in a caring role because That's of things right. that have happened. Yeah. Just going, we, just just, we just, we just, couldn't do it. We just, fit, we were just broke. I mean, I, I would go out and do runs mm. and to get through the run because I had horrendous back pain from all the lifting I'd be popping Voltara and Panadol wow. everything just to trying and the mm. pain was phenomenal um yeah so and when he first went in I only let him go one afternoon a week for afternoon tea and I sent his afternoon tea oh. <laughs> and we were told we had 18 months to make the transition and oh. in the end the house manager god love her put a foot down and said look just bring this boy and leave him for the weekend yeah. and I, I found by that stage he was 31 and oh. um we'd think oh shit he's coming home tonight <laughs> you know we think oh my god um yeah so we just gradually did it yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we still have a big involvement in his life so he's mm. he's in a a, a community home because he's totally dependent so he can't do anything yeah. for himself no mm -hmm. speech nothing yeah. um so he only lives six kilometres from us. So yeah. we go down three or four times a week. And then Saturday afternoons, so I do park run in the morning. And then Saturday afternoon is um, a car ride for an ice cream. He loves that. Yeah. And then Sunday is his fish and chip picnic yeah. after running. Or well, we joke with him and say one week he has fish and chips and the next week he has chips and fish because he, <laughs> he's so ritualised. He's not allowed to change anything. Yeah, so... Yeah, we go down a few times a week. We'll go to hydrotherapy with him tonight. He does that yeah. once a week. And uh, what I do with that, the pool that he goes to, the care workers will take him. Yeah. Um, and my husband goes in the water with him. And yeah. uh, from home to the pool's 11 kilometres. So I'll run from home down there and meet them there. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, while they're getting him ready and getting him all organised, I'll hop in the pool and just do a kilometre swim. Wow. And then that's yep. amazing. That's really ready an to inspiration. You, I mean, being able to build all of it around what is still yeah. really a very busy life. Yeah, like, just try to squeeze it in. You just yeah. do like you so, your, you know, your version is different from many of us, although it's probably very similar to other people. Um, but you're still working out how to make yeah. those things that you know are feeding you that are good for you, i.e. Yeah. 
staying fit and well that's and right it's it's just um I mean I'm not going to gloss over it and say there aren't some terrible times there still is I just think you know because I've since acquired an elderly mother um yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just we up. all do <laughs> and you just think oh god you know I was put on this earth more than just for caring Things, yeah um you know, and, and I think that's been something with my nursing career as well. I mean, it's just been, there's been times when you just think, where do I fit into all of this? So do you think, so, is your running giving you any of those answers, do you think? Pardon? Do you think your running is giving you any of those answers to those questions, where you fit in all of this or um, gives you a chance oh, to gee, I honestly just be with know. you? I mm. just don't know, Michelle. I just, I don't see any way out. Mm. Um, pondering all those big questions and because I've got such a strong sense of being everything for Luke because I'm mm. not going to let him down of course yeah um yeah I I, I, I make it work yeah. um but there there are times yeah very much where you think oh god you know, I shoot me now yeah I need to go for a run <laughs> yeah so about four or five years ago I went for a run I ran away from home for six days and ran across the Simpson desert that was fun wow (laughs) so what is the longest run that you have achieved um I've I've moved from I still do trail runs but not as much as I used to I very much enjoy the loop ultras now or the multi-day ones um so the longest I've done is uh was last October actually and I managed uh I think it was a six it was six day loop ultra and I think I came in at about 423 k's oh wow yeah but tell me about a loop ultra is that a little bit like the backyard front yard ultras but different yeah so uh yeah it is so that you'll either be on an athletic track 400 meters or or a track um so the one I did was at um, Thorndon Park here in Adelaide, which is around a reservoir, and it's a 1.1-kilometre track. Yeah. And you just run around in circles for six days when you want to. At every 12 hours, you get to change directions, which is really exciting. I've been the lap counter in, like, six- and 12-hour yes, races yes. just around, a, like, a race track, like a normal yeah. 400-metre track. Yeah. But I also have had someone on the podcast who went over to America and did the trans and – Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? What's it yeah, the the Street Chimney, Street Chimney, yeah. Terrible names. Um, yeah. yeah, and that was like fifty three days. Of I know. Basically. It's, that, it's so it's that kind of thing. The loop. Yeah, yeah. So that's that yeah, that's it. Like yeah, and they're quite addictive. Yeah. Mm. So, um, oh. so I so did. I did Canberra last year. That was a forty eight hour one, and I I did about. I think that was about. Oh, I think I got to about 210 or something, but it's very different because 48 hours, you can just squeeze in a couple of power naps and just keep yeah. going. Whereas six days, you've got to factor in. Yeah. What am I, how um, am I going to manage that? And how yeah, might that look? And plan, yeah. I guess planning is actually what yeah. will help you get through, like anything really, but yeah. when you're talking about doing something for I so long, you can easily for, make a mistake. Yeah. I usually aim for about 70 Ks a day and I split okay. it up over the day and that, and that works well for me. And yeah, and it gets harder. You run out of toenails and run out of skin and things like that. But yeah. When every step hurts in the first couple of you know hours, it's yeah. like, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> the exactly. last couple of hours, it's like, oh, I'm crawling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, and then, oh, I don't know, grand COVID time. Yeah. I think it was, I started getting a bit restless again. <laughs> 
oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, one of my friends had signed up for a miniature triathlon. Ah, you did say something about swimming earlier. Yeah, around the boy. So that's right. Yeah, so I remember Jane saying, "Oh, why don't you come along with me, Karen?" And I said, "Oh, I don't really swim. I mean, we'd had a pool at home. We used to swing off the clothes hoist into the pool, and that was (laughs) that." And then I thought, "Well, how hard can three hundred meters swim be?" Yeah. Well, I could tell you very damn hard. I was almost on first name terms with the water cover, but I I managed it. And I had been doing a little bit of riding. My husband and I bought bikes, hybrid bikes, a few years before. And that was my way of trying to get my husband to start getting into some fitness. Mm -hmm. And uh, running was okay. So so I managed to get out of the water without needing a defibrillator. (laughs) The bike was okay. Nobody told me about jelly legs after a bike ride and going into running. And that was, I thought, oh, my God, I've had a stroke. I just couldn't feel my legs. (laughs) But look, I finished and um, it wasn't pretty. (laughs) Um, But it was just like that day with running, something clicked and I thought, I like this. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) So so then I just, yeah, started signing up only for the mini ones. Um, And the swimming was terrible, Michelle, just terrible. I just, it's ridiculous. You know, I I can line up for a six-day run without having any qualms at all, standing in the water for a 300-metre swim, and I was just in meltdown. Oh. Just um, the nerves and the anxiety were just overwhelming. Um, So obviously I had just, that was another big job in hand and about three years into it now. And I, I think I still swim like an epileptic caterpillar, but I don't drown. But you're I obviously just, getting something out of it if you're still doing it now three years later. I love it. I got sick of trail running. I just got to the point where I think I thought if I see one more gum tree, I'm going to. I'm sick of I them. want to see some fish. Put me in the water. Yeah. So, so my my usual sort of gung ho approach with my swimming, I thought oh, I've got to do something here. So, um, I thought, all right, I'm going to put myself in a situation where it's sink or swim, literally. So, I, I've the last two or three years, I've entered all the Masters Open Water swims. Oh wow. Um, and these people just do swimming. And I don't yeah. mean as to say just do, but they are swim specialists. Yes, I know some people um, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and, understand uh, them, but I know them. <laughs> it, and you just think, my God. And so there was little old me that was an ultra runner that didn't want to see gum trees anymore trying to swim. <laughs> and uh, I can remember one day I did a swim lesson with the local surf lifesavers. And uh, look, we wouldn't have been out very far. And uh, I had an absolute meltdown because this black thing went past me waving and I just had just a mega breakdown screaming, oh, there's a snake in the water because I'd come off the trails. And, of course, anything that wiggled was black was a snake. And the lifesaver came over and said, now, what's wrong, Karen? There's a snake in the water. He said, no, no, we don't have snakes in the water. (laughs) It was the big long tag off the back of my zip off my wetsuit. Oh, (laughs) So it was following you. Yeah, so but look, I've since gone on and I'm doing triathlons now. I'm up to Olympic distance. Oh wow. I'd like Good. to do a half marathon, a half Ironman, but 
Oh, we just had how... one here in Tassie, in Hobart. I, mean, oh, we have I lots saw. Of them, but it was the Did first you... time, yeah, down in Tassie. Yeah. I've, I've Did you go friends. and watch? No, because it's like, well, no, <laughs> it's not that it's that far away. But yeah. it, it was in Hobart and I'm up in Launceston. But I have yeah. lots of, a number of friends who went and did it. It's stupid. It really is stupid. That that particular one, apparently the bike leg is excruciating because it's up lots of hills. There's like, yeah. like you almost, there's some people had to get off the bike and push it up because oh, it is well, so steep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I always thought that any well, triathlons are all flat, but they're not. Mm, so not. I, I've started riding with the Hills Masters group every Tuesday and uh, we do about 50 Ks and there's usually about 700 metres elevation. So yeah. I'm trying to train myself into hills. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Sometimes I think, oh, it'd be easy to get off and run this hill. <laughs> right? Are you still working? Or are you? No, I retired. Just a full-time student, a full-time uh, athlete now. <laughs> yeah, full-time athlete. Yes, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> just not sponsored. <laughs> so Who I retired at the start of COVID. Um, oh wow! And it was just the way it worked. I, I'd moved from. Um, obstetrics because again I'd got bored with that mm. um it's a pattern in my life getting bored with things and so I'd gone into um I was working in uh, theatre and recovery yeah at a private hospital and uh there'd been a break over Christmas and New Year which mm -hmm. is usually in private and um then COVID started rearing its head late January early mm -hmm. February so all elective surgery was cancelled yeah, of course yeah and um so and because I was always casual that meant no work and that kind of suited me because I'd been sort of chopping hints at home for a while <laughs> and um and it just one it just elective surgery was off the cards for months and months and months and by which time I just decided oh, I'm not going back yeah so, and I was in the fortunate position of being able to say no that's enough wow. um yeah and uh we also, we had Luke being severely disabled at, at COVID. Obviously, it was an absolutely terrifying period for us because we knew that mm. if he got it, mm. the consequences in those days so were you going wanted, to be quite... you wanted to stay pretty isolated yeah. yourself as well so that you'd yeah, be able to so continue we had to support him yeah, in person. Yeah, yeah, so, um, and he didn't go to his day community services for months all the mm. disability services mm. stopped really to protect them um, quite isolating again too we had it? a few weeks where like the nursing homes we weren't allowed to see him mm. and he can't talk on the phone or he doesn't understand yeah. and we'd ring him and they'd put the phone next to his ear and you know we'd say hello yeah. but other than that we couldn't do anything and then yeah once we were allowed then mm. our whole focus was just us mm. me running solo yeah and keeping away from everything so we yeah. could go down of course and yeah. be part of Luke's life so that yeah. was that was tough it's hard it's it really, like some of that yeah. stuff you don't really realize how that yeah. period um you know affects different people in the community yeah it was and, and we weren't alone I mean as you say mm. there was people with aged care people with mm. various disabilities but um yeah, gosh, it was hard. It was just every my, time you had a sniffle, you'd be frightened. Yeah. yeah. My husband yeah. got cancer at the start of COVID. And so he had to go in and have surgery um, to have a, a lump removed. He's fine. But yes. he might not have been fine had he not had this yeah. removed. It was quite a, um, a nasty one. Yeah. Um, 
but you know we weren't allowed to go in the hospital so we had all that kind of you know that, yeah very uh, unusual for what you would normally expect when you yeah, have you know yeah. family members who are going through just, things there's just, no support and no, exactly no, just no choice no and that's the thing yeah. I mean, it's the same with you you feel like you're abandoning your person yeah exactly it, it was just it was just horrible. I went for a, a run when I wasn't allowed to be there when he came out which might sound familiar to you I just went for a run <laughs> I yeah. couldn't go into the hospital so yeah yeah well I, I was sort of doing the same like we were allowed 2.5 kilometer radius mm. and I had it worked out and I'd go for my run and I could get up a hill up yeah. at this hill and I'd do that and I had a bike ride worked out and I would do that um, swimming my girlfriend and I just we still do it we we would go down to a beach every Monday morning and uh, we managed to keep swimming right through summer and winter we'd get in we'd go regardless get a wetsuit oh you probably do well, we have but my goal yeah, but no I'm, my goal this winter was I got to August before I put the wetsuit on what and I know it's just yeah my benchmark is when I can't feel my face I get out the water <gasps> Oh, that's always here in Tassie, <laughs> even in yeah. summer. Oh, it would be, yeah. And in Adelaide, you know, we're lucky. Our, our winters are probably your summers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so it just, it was hard. Uh, the running groups, yeah, sort of changed with people dealing mm. it within their own yeah. way. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess for everybody it was a disturbing time. Mm. But, yeah, we got, we would, like everybody else, we got there. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. which is good. yeah. Um, what is your running looking like now then? Like you said, you're kind of doing training for triathlons and things like that. Are you also an, and training for some of these super long distance lappy things? So what does it look like in just a, you know, weekly kind of thing? How do you? What, how I plan, how, what do I do? Yeah. So I, in summer, I don't tend to do a lot of long distances mm -hmm. because I'm really not heat tolerant. I just. It gets very warm in Adelaide. It does. I just wilt. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if it gets humid, I'm quite a bad asthmatic. And so, and humidity okay. is my trigger. Mm -hmm. So I, I did my first long run yesterday with a girlfriend. We just did 24 and that was our first one for this. Is that all? Yeah. Just for the, 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 the season. But um, no, I've been um, focusing just on the triathlons yeah. um, running my physio sports physio about four or five years ago. She was a lifesaver. And it was when I was starting to train for triathlons, I said, I'm just struggling to get all this training in mm. And so she's put me on a 10-day training plan instead of a seven. Okay. So instead of, we're meant to do three swims, three runs and three rides a week. Mm -hmm. So I have it, I get to do it in 10 days and not seven. <laughs> and so that really a helped. different year to us completely. Like, you know, we go Monday to <laughs> Sunday yeah. and you go Monday to yeah, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I do it that way. And I'll start ramping up the distance again now. Yeah. Um, the last long run I did was, I think it was October. And I went out and did a 56. But it okay. got a bit hot that day and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I've just signed up for the Great Ocean Road Marathon. Okay. In May. Which is uh, actually, isn't that more than a marathon? Is that the one that's 45? Yeah, they right? give you three for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll start looking now at various trail runs because we've got our last triathlon in a couple of weeks and then there'll be a, a duathlon series sort of yeah. mid but no I'll I'll start ramping up the uh, the running mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where I'm at a bit of a crossroads now because um, just the last year or so trying to work out do I want to be a long distance runner or do I want to be a triathlete? 
Well, mm. something's happened. Are you still there? I am. I can yeah. hear you. Yeah. And you can. Yeah, that's better. Do I want to be a triathlete or do I want to be an ultra runner? Because I'm finding that physically and mentally doing both it's it's quite taxing a bit draining Mm -hmm. it does yeah and um and I I I find if I don't do some training every day I get very restless and titchy so I think for mental health wise I need to do something but at my age I still haven't found the point at which is too much (laughs) You do seem to have increased quite a lot over the last 13 years. <laughs> I know. Which is amazing. I know. I had a couple of girlfriends I take along for the ride. And yeah, I'd, um, I convinced my girlfriend to start jetty jumping this summer. And we've been <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Maybe all these years of caring has meant you've missed out on a lot of <laughs> the things that I mean we used to do when we were teenagers. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm making it up, you see. I've got all these years to catch up, and uh, I've also found a really good quarry nearby where it says, you know, do not enter closed. Uh huh. Um, and it's full of water, and it's it's a great triathlon training <laughs> really yeah. yeah so I've sort wow. of gone there a few times yeah um, oh yeah yeah but uh, that's just me I'll just yeah so what just, do you think keep what is keeping you moving what is it like because some people you know, we talked a little bit before we got on the yeah. recording like we go through <laughs> stages where it just is hard to get out the door because yeah. you're t- maybe you are really tired. You're talking about that before yeah. life's happened or something's going on with Luke and your brain yes. is full and yeah, intellectually you often know that you, that's probably the times when you really should go out, whether it's for a run or a ride or swimming, you should go out because you know, you'll feel better later. But yeah. sometimes just that impetus to get you out the door, that motivation, how do you get yourself I, out the door? When I don't there? know. Um, I find, when I'm at my most extreme with doing ridiculous things mm. is often when I'm just struggling. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, I've always had this theory that long distance athletes are running away from something. <laughs> yeah. And- my, mom, my mother's an art therapist and I've said on the podcast a few times, when I got yeah. divorced in my 20s, my mum used to say, and I w- used to run a lot then, yeah what are you running away from <laughs> she would say and I'm like I'm running towards my new self is what I yes. tell her but yeah. she was like <laughs> had that same I theory yeah. I think it's true isn't it I, I speak to a lot of ultra runners that I've met over the years and they've all well, the majority of them have got a story to tell yeah 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 and does that attract us I don't know but for me it's a motivator to get out of bed yeah um and Oh, look, I'm certainly no paragon of virtue. I mean, there are some days when the alarm goes off and I just go, effort. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not moving. Not today. <laughs> not today. And then I feel guilty the rest of the day and beat yeah. myself up. And so you think, well, yeah. you know, might as well have just got up and done it. Yeah. yeah. And then I would feel much better. Yeah. Today. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I've also, um, I think the last few years, I've sort of looked at, okay, I don't have to get out and do 20 Ks today if I don't want to. Five mm-hmm. Ks is good. Yeah. And at least you're still moving. So I sort of got to that and thinking, well, at least I've got something in the bank for the day. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, but I certainly since my, my husband retired last year as well, and mm-hmm. 
whilst he doesn't run, he he comes along with me and he's often been my support crew when I've done overnight 100 just mm-hmm. for fun. Um, but he's taken up walking and riding and um, we, we're more flexible now. We don't, Luke's not home, so we don't have to, to run yeah, to clockwork. So I think quite the same, yeah. And uh, sometimes that's made it easier, but sometimes I think that sense of having to do it, you've got to do it now, otherwise you're not going to get yeah. it done. Yeah, that sort of, sometimes makes you a bit lazy yeah, that's that structure isn't it and that's why sometimes having people we meet like in my yeah. in my life over the years there's definitely been more running seasons but if it wasn't yes. for the group of friends that I meet twice a week there'd be a season where I hardly ran at all <laughs> because, yeah you know there was no race or whatever to be training for yeah. um so it's because of those you know those people that I had said in my schedule that I said I would meet twice a week yeah and it's um, that, yeah that commitment yeah exactly that I have to go or I feel yeah. like I have to go or, or I have to tell them that I'm not going and I may as well go if I'm going to tell them I'm not going if I don't it, have a good it, reason <laughs> exactly I mean I did 24 with my girlfriend yesterday and the reason I don't look I, I went kicking and screaming I didn't really feel like it but I did it uh, and we ended up having the best time but she's training for an Ironman and so she's increasing her mileage and I said okay I'll come with you and uh, yeah I just think it was having that not so much obligation but I promised yeah. that I would do it and so we just got out and I got on with it and did it yeah yeah yes yeah yeah and then what do you think about when you're running Karen so I didn't hear that what do you think about when you're running um what sort of things are ticking off in your head or swimming uh, or cycling (laughs) yeah look I will ruminate over issues that need resolving uh and it is a great thinking time Mm. um Sometimes you run, or when I run, I, if I've got things that I'm worried about with Luke, I'll think about that and, you know, how am I going to solve that? How am I going to make this work? And sometimes you run and you think, oh, life sucks, yeah. but I'm lucky to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't listen to music. Mm-hmm. I, do you listen to podcasts or do you just take no to I don't no you know what because I'm just so bad with directions I need to concentrate on everything so you should just be listening to Siri or whoever like <laughs> telling you the direction turn left now <laughs> the only time I've listened to a podcast is when I did a six-day event last year and I I downloaded a whole pile of two a true crime podcasts oh wow which which backfired when I was running at night by myself because I scared oh. myself <laughs> But no, strange I, noise. <laughs> I just like the sounds of nature out there yeah, and yeah. yeah um yeah just well, I don't know what do you think of you just I don't know everybody's a bit different and we all go through different yeah times. it depends what's going on in your life often exactly some people, some people like you said um they deliberately try not to ruminate too much and and focus more on being in the environment that they're in or that or at least to do yeah. that for some of their run so yeah. that it's not just all about, you know, trying to solve all the problems of the world. <laughs> no, no, exactly. It's just this, I don't know, you just lace up and you would feel it. You lace up, you you hit the trail or the track or the beach. And it's just this extraordinary sense of freedom. Mm. And and if anything, a lot of the times I forget what's going on in the background. Which is awesome, I think. Yeah, I just bit of relief. Seem, seem to be able to leave it behind. Mm. um 
And then when it's done, you think, oh, bugger, that's still there. <laughs> but, yeah, but for two or three hours, you've had that that respite. I, yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, I've also had the times where I've had the best ideas while I'm running. Like they've just been, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Why didn't I think about that before? Because, you know, I've yeah. worked for myself for many years. And then I um, get home and I start to write down what it was I thought of. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was actually really stupid. (laughs) Because, you know, you can't do mass. Not that all of my ideas when I'm running are not good, but especially the ones I thought were brilliant. They often in broad daylight or the not running brain. And not as good as I thought they were. (laughs) I know, because you feel so invincible when you're running, don't you, that anything seems possible. And you think, well, why not? (laughs) And I start working out how I would do whatever it was. And I'm like, ah, no, that's not very practical. (laughs) That's just not going to work. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I I do have one more goal with running. Yes. What is it? And it's a big goal. And I don't know if I'll ever achieve it, but I want to run park run with my son in his wheelchair. Oh, do, do you? I, I was going to ask before, earlier. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you ever take him for a run? Have you ever done that? Have we haven't done? because his care routine in the morning is so regimented and regimented mm-hmm. and time consuming yeah. that it would not. It, it was not possible when he was living at home. It was one of us had to stay home. Yeah. Um. And uh, he, I don't know. He did come down when I was running a six-day once and he did a couple of laps with me and he thought that was great. Yeah. Um, but I want to do park run with him in his wheelchair. Oh, well, yeah. one of the people that I've had on the podcast, oh, I can't yeah. think of the name, I hate that, um, yeah. a mother, she's got a younger daughter, but who has had, who also has a lots of disabilities. Not doesn't sound not quite as profound as Luke, yes. But, yes, but quite a few. But one of the reasons she runs is because they went for a little... Um, she was, her mum was trying to get fitter because of the same things that you talked about. Yes, yes. And um, went in, and was pushing the pram and then her daughter had said, faster, oh, you could just enjoy the wind in her face or something. And <laughs> yeah. so now, you know, 10 years later, um, it's quite common that the both of them are, you know, doing the park run. Still doing it. Yeah, yeah. So oh, she's still pushing her daughter around. I think oh, isn't that fantastic. cerebral palsy is one of her disabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Luke's got, cerebral palsy. Yeah, mm. but um, no, I, I yeah. yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. So I have to sort of, and it would probably work if I could get the care workers to get him ready and just bring him around yeah. to a local one that's flat. We yeah. could do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that um, sounds like a lovely goal. Yeah. Why do I have threatened sometimes when we're on the jetty to say, Mummy's going to push you? <laughs> To the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Mother Teresa with him some days, I can tell you. <laughs> you mean you're human? Stop it already. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking he about? Can, he can be a right little shit. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, a question that I ask most people, which yes. talks a bit about running identity. When do you, or when do you, or do you call yourself a runner? When do you think that happened? <sighs> Some people say I don't call myself a runner, but <laughs> you know what? I probably can. Yeah. Um, oh. Do you know what I would say now with years of experience that it doesn't matter what you look like, what you are, if you put shoes on and you shuffle, you're running. Um, and did you think you thought about yourself in that way when you first Oh, I started? don't think I would have considered myself a runner until at least 10 or 12 years into it. Isn't that interesting? I just thought, and, and still, I mean, I have a, still 
will have a huge impost, sense of imposter syndrome lining up. You know, wow. I don't belong here. I remember my first ultra, I was at the, at the start line crying um, oh. and a friend of me pushed, pushed me over the start line. I was absolutely terrified. Yeah, I just oh. didn't belong there. It was only 43 kilometres. I don't know what I was carrying on about, but, <laughs> but there we go. But no, I think... Um, is, is being a runner a physical thing or a, a sense of being? It's an individual thing, isn't yeah. it? Like it's a sense of identity. Like is it something that you're attached to your identity or do you? It's my act... identity now. Mm. Well, yeah. or, or, you know, ultimately though, yeah. and one of the things we talk about a little mm. bit in the podcast is that if you then get injured and you can't run, how do you mm. deal with it if it's a really big chunk of your identity and so maybe it's that your identity is or maybe it's a healthy yeah. way to look at it not that I want to put words in anyone's mouth is yeah. that you're someone who wants to stay fit if you can yes if you're injured in some way then you do something else that yeah. can help you stay fit and that already probably works for you because you're already multidisciplinary sporty person yeah, rather than someone like me who mostly just yeah. runs <laughs> yeah um but it's interesting you say that because one of my reasons also for sort of embracing triathlons was I start to think okay you know I'm in my 60s the reality is I'm probably not going to be able to punch out these 100k runs mm. for you know I mean there's there's a limitation of what the body can do uh, and I very much needed something else to go to yeah um, and and there's a lot of um retired long distance runners in triathlons mm -hmm. who are still out there doing it um, and then I think that then leads to being able to just then if you can't run well then you can ride and then ultimately I can just take part in swims mm. um, but I think the definition of running has changed since my in my time of running because when I started there was no such thing as the running mums Australia yeah there was no such thing as park run exactly. and running was almost quite elitist if you didn't run a mm -hmm. marathon you weren't a runner yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas I don't think that holds much credibility. No. Anymore. Well, yeah. even, even for me, I think going for a run, it had to be a minimum of 5K. And when I first started in my 20s, you needed to do yeah. your 5K in probably 25 minutes. Yes. Um, anything over five minutes a K was, mm, well, you're not really a runner then, are you? No, you're not really. No, not at all. No. But and yes, I it's could, definitely I changed could, since then. No, I can even remember in the early days here in Adelaide when trail running started, you know, the, the road running group, look down on the trail runners oh no, you're not real runners you know we're only tolerating you in our organization <laughs> yeah and then we all sort of separated in two separate organizations but certainly in those days yeah yeah, it, you, yeah. And, and you look at parkrun how that's changed running for the community it's made it very egalitarian hasn't it it's just open oh, it, to everybody. it has it has indeed yeah so i don't know i think pretty much i i, I think these days anyone can claim to be a runner yeah, 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 no, I, I love think, that. I think, yeah. It literally yeah. is just, you know, a question about identity and how, how we look at it and, and how it changes over time as well. And maybe, you know, if we all look at how we see ourselves and yes. something happens in our lives that changes that to a degree, is there a healthier way that we can can look yeah. at who we are so that going forward it's not such a big struggle that it... Exactly. Uh, yeah, and I, I look, I think probably a lot of us as runners have that tendency to be extreme myopic <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, and I think there's a balance isn't there that yeah. yeah I struggle to find is when is 
when is enough it's kind too of hard, much yeah. hard to know with like running in particular because you know I believe and I, I think yeah. it's a true statement that we're actually all made to run apart from yes. you know a few people with physical yeah oh, exactly our yeah. bodies are made to run and yeah. before you know the apart from the last few hundred years yeah. If we didn't, if you know, if we weren't reasonably okay at it, we either became fodder for something else that ate us, or we well, didn't exactly. catch our food. So we, yeah. it's kind of a natural thing. And yeah. I wish that more people just did it naturally, not because they were for any other reason than yeah. a, like brushing your teeth. You know, it's yes. just, we just yeah. go for a run. It doesn't have to be for hundreds of miles. It doesn't no. you know? It's just. Because yeah. you're human, you run, you know. Exactly. Sort of, and when you look back it. to how I started, and you may well have been the same, I might used to go out and bribe myself from one stoby pole to the next. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Was that running? I don't know. I mean, it was certainly of the course. start of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think we should claim that. It's certainly a long <laughs> way when I introduced myself at the outdoor training session. <laughs> so how long do you think you'll run for, Karen? I don't want to stop. You don't want to stop? No, no. I, There's I, no uh, right or wrong answer? <laughs> no. I've got a couple of um, people that I know in some running groups that I belong to, a couple of men actually, and they're in their 80s and still going. That's awesome. And you just think that's extraordinary. Now, um, you know, I don't know. If, if no, I can no, do that, I'll be happy. It's just working out what it looks like for you. It may not look yes. like... 100 kilometer 200 kilometer trail runs it might look like going for you know 1k jog down to the beach and walking for a a kilometer getting a cup of coffee and then doing the reverse or something you know it could be exactly just don't know that's right it doesn't matter but I've also planned for the transition of when I can't run anymore so the riding and the swimming so the the jetty jumping Um, so I sort of yeah planning for that future when I can't um, how, how do you think your life will have been if you hadn't started running if running hadn't been in your life I think it would have been terrible so um, what's it given what do you think it's given put it from a positive perspective if I was to ask that question in a it's given way. me a meaning mm-hmm. um, it's given me a sense of identity mm-hmm. it's been an absolute tonic for for mental health stability mm-hmm. in the face of adversity yeah. adversity um uh, yeah it's it it i think it's made me a lot stronger yeah because you'll be presented with a problem in life and you think well what's the problem I did 400 kilometers last week or the year before you know like yeah and I don't mean that to sound sort of a bit yeah. conceited but you get that sense of that you can do things yeah and and, and don't say no um and it's also given me it's it's made me a better mother for my son mm-hmm. because I have been able to stay in the real world yeah and not be drawn solely into the world of disability mm. and I think that's important because I have know quite a few ladies from the past that we all started at the spastic center in nursery together Mm. um and ultimately it disabled them as well yeah you can see that from i mean i don't have the the experience that you do but you can certainly see examples of that from the outside and into exactly like communities like that and you think yeah they're they're, they're broken inside and out Mm. so i think it's saved it's saved that happening um 
but yeah, it's certainly, I just, I just felt better and stronger. And mm. because I had another interest, I, even though at times I felt I was drowning in mm. the, the world of caring, I knew that I could escape. Like an outlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I th- it's, give, it's given me more than I've given it, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's been wonderful. Yeah, so hopefully I'll be out for a few more years. I'm sure you will. Look at <laughs> like an ever ready bunny. Um, is there anything about running? I'll ask you for some tips in a minute, but is there anything yeah. about running that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share to talk about in regards to just running? Um, I, don't know, I just think it opens up a whole new world. Hmm. Um, and you think you don't I certainly did you think you don't belong in that world but there's a whole new world out there to discover that life is not just about nine to five work kids gardening getting tea on the table Mm -hmm. that there's a yeah there's just another amazing world out there that you don't have to be good at mm. but you can be welcome mm. yes yeah but you can still do it mm. yeah yeah and, so and yeah I love that you don't have to be good because as you touched on earlier there was yeah. a period like when I started running where oh, it was God, considered yes. you know you you really needed to be quite good at it but thanks to yeah. things like park run Oh, exactly. Yeah. Those it's barriers not about are good. down. Yeah. 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 And I found that very much in the triathlon world. I mean, triathlon world is even more accepting. I mean, they are incredible. They That's really awesome. are. I mean, they're just, um, I've been really blessed to find that world because yeah. that's just a whole new level of support and acceptance. I love it. Um, and and I think the fact that we're out there doing <laughs> three, three sports are not good at any of them. <laughs> you know, well, this is another <laughs> whole level of gear as well. Like, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When you're packing for an event, you're really packing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just I just would like like people to know that they don't have to get stuck into that nine to five ritual, and 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 that having an interest, you're not neglecting your responsibilities, but you you you're being responsible to yourself. Mm, Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, then you can't do those other roles that outside of you know when you when you're helping others. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like that, um, the aeroplane thing, isn't it? When the gas mask comes down, put it on yourself first before you help others. Exactly. If you, yeah, you, you, uh, I think, and I think it's something as women, we all take a while to come to terms with that we, Mm. we do have to put ourselves first. Mm. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and that, yeah, just, just the running. I mean, I, I just, I mean, nor sometimes are the people I've met and the difficulties in life they've overcome. You just think, how the hell did you get from that to this? Love it. You yeah. know, and you think my story's nothing compared oh, to some of the other people I, I don't meet. Know about yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know, but because it's my life, I don't see it. But I just think, oh my God, you see people who've had got terrible life stories, and you think, how? Or you know, the the people I admire the most at the moment and I just have so much respect for them is the the mums with pushes yeah 
I think they're amazing. <laughs> the reason I did I so much respect for them is a couple of years ago, we had a very elderly dog who mm. loved park run. Mm. She died about oh. a year ago. And uh, the last six months of her life, she, she couldn't run. Oh. And so I did it with her in the park run in a doggy wheelchair. Oh. And, <laughs> and I said, this damn pushy would not go straight. <laughs> And I look now at these mothers with two, one or two or three kids in their yep. pushes, and I think, you are a hero, <laughs> absolute hero. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's it's good seeing that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's like the next generation coming up a bit too. Like then they have their parents who are um, out there doing it as well. I think it shows great um, leadership for their family. Oh, anyway, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, That's awesome. I don't quite. <laughs> All right, Karen, before we wrap up, and it has been an absolute delight and very inspirational. I found you incredibly inspirational. Even oh. just me. It's just a delight to talk to you. Um, some tips for beginner runners. If somebody came up to you and said, Karen, I want to start running, what would you suggest they do to get started? Start at the absolute basic. Mm-hmm. So if all you can do is run between one Stoby pole and the next, mm-hmm. that is a great start. Yep. Don't focus on distance. Distance is irrelevant. So don't compare yourself to the person who's running 10 kilometres or 20 kilometres. Focus on time on your feet. Yeah. Not distance. Uh, Believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think also, more importantly, give yourself permission to do it and be a be a beginner yeah. and have times when it's a struggle, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're a failure. And and I think that you have got every right to front up to that group mm-hmm. and try and run as the person who's been there ages. Yeah. That that you you yeah. belong. Yeah. 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 So I, I love think that. that. Yeah. That would be my thing. No hiding in the car like I did till the <laughs> others ran off because you were too Don't do scared. as I do, do as I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, just believe that you belong, I think, yeah. is the thing, that you've got yeah. every right to, to do it and that the person that's breaking records took their first step. Exactly. At some stage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, I have we, been a bit disheartened because I always thought I'd be, I mean, I was an okay runner when I was yeah. younger and now I'm, less than okay but yeah but I used to always think but it's okay everyone else will stop running before me but now yeah. I look around, you know I'll be great when I'm you know old because I'll be the, like the only person running but yeah mm, as you mentioned before there's 80s and 90 year olds all running yeah I've had an 80 year old on the podcast <laughs> like, oh have you really oh that's fantastic. like faster than me <laughs> all right well I'll see you in 14 years time <laughs> yeah but it is wonderful that if you can do that and I'm lucky my knees are good everything's okay so yeah so yeah but no, I, I I just think runners in all of us everyone they're all amazing the way that I mean it's it's sheer stupidity but I, I just think every runner from the mum who's pushing the pusher exactly. to the elite I mean everyone's yeah, yeah pushed all through they're having a great time yeah. Even I've had some elite and you know, runners, Australian representatives yeah. and things on, and actually UK representatives on the yes on the podcast, and they've even said, "Look, um, 
I they really admire the everyday weekend warrior runners. They said, look, I go out there and run the marathon and have it done in two hours or whatever, and they're still <laughs> doing it six hours later. And they're like, you know, I've had a meal and a shower and I yeah. watched a movie and they're still running. Yeah. They're like, I don't and know how they do it. You know, That they, is true, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you see, see the jerks who get out there and they run 100Ks in 10 hours and, you know, 17 hours later I'll fall across the finish line. Exactly. Think, oh, my god <laughs> and they're admiring you because you're still yeah. out there you're still and you don't think of that there. do you I just right. you just yeah you tend, I tend to and I guess a lot of people do you we tend to focus on our failings more than our successes yeah, yeah. or yeah. what we see as failings but as actually failing. they're yeah. not failings yeah. most yeah. of them yeah. and most failures if you don't have them you don't learn you yeah. know what it's like to do it yeah. a better way or a different yeah. way like, it's funny failures. the other day to try I did a triathlon last weekend and we were all sitting around after having coffee and we had this young girl with us and she, she'd come up with our group of friends and she'd beaten us all very soundly very very soundly and one of the people said how old are you and she said oh nearly 17 and I just thought I looked at her and I said I've got meat in the freezer older than you and I tried to raise you it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, so, yeah. That brings it down to perspective. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that, but that is very yeah. uh, apt. Yep. Yes, yeah, right. I have made in the freezer older than. Yes, right. You got that little jerk at parkrun that runs past you, and you try and trip up because you think you're twelve and you're not beating me. <laughs> yeah. Love it. But I, I do tend to use that as a bit of a a a, a thing when a especially at parkrun where you're running with all ages and you know the little kids they tend to run really fast then they slow yeah, right down yeah, and walk. Yeah. <laughs> you come into the finish line i'll look and say come on don't you know no fart like me beat you, <laughs> you know, that gets them moving yes. yeah. i think i've done that before yeah yeah all right karen um i've held you up long enough from all of the training you need to do for your multidisciplinary triathlons uh, it has been an absolute delight to chat oh, with you and get oh, i hope it's okay I'm very nervous. it'll be amazing and you wouldn't know that you were nervous at all yeah, um don't jump off straight away i will say goodbye to you off the podcast okay fine boarding too but thank you so much for sharing your story with us oh, you're very welcome it's lovely to meet you thank you for listening to the fit mind fit body podcast i'd love to talk to you about your running journey so send me a message on facebook or on the website and let's do it for a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and i'll see you there plus i'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode and before you go I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.